Stories, fables, ghostly tales. Tonight's story, The Embassy. Out of the infinitude of stars and planets in the solar system and other systems in the universe, it is almost mathematically certain that other forms of life exist on other worlds. Someday, in the future, in a thousand years, or in the next 25 minutes, daring travelers through space will make contact with the inhabitants of another world. But the question is, will we contact them first, or will they contact us a private detective agency in downtown New York. Mr. Grosius, Mr. Broderick will see you. Well, what can I do for you? My name is Grafius, Grafius of Springfield. I would like your assistance in helping me locate the Martian embassy. Would you say that again very slowly? I came to New York to locate the Martian embassy. I assume you were joking. On the contrary, I am completely serious. As it happens, I am interested only in Martians at the moment. I see. Okay, shoot. Well, it occurred to me in the course of my studies that we, Earth people, cannot possibly be the only intelligent form of life in the universe. Since Mars is older geologically, and since it is also an atmospheric planet, its evolutionary history could easily be similar to ours. You follow me? Well, so far, I can't say no. If this is true, then they must have been watching us, observing us for hundreds, possibly thousands of years. They also know we are a militaristic warlike race. We might conceivably set out to conquer and occupy Mars someday. In which case, they would try to get a jump on us. Ah, precisely, Mr. Broderick. Now, if you were planning to attack an unknown nation, what would be your first move, Mr. Broderick? Well, intelligence. Find out what the odds are. Oh, you have a very logical mind, sir. You would send agents to scout the nerve centers of earthly civilization and advancement. Not Kansas City or Equatorial Africa, my dear sir, but here, in New York, the most technically advanced spot on the earth. And you want me to help you prove this theory of yours? Precisely. The expense doesn't interest me. Well, now, this may take a long, long time, Mr. Gravius. After all, nobody has ever seen the mark. I assure you they will be very ordinary appearing people. Mm -hmm. Very likely they live together in downtown New York. Most certainly they live in a private house with no servants to pry in their affairs. Oh, some ordinary people who live in a private house in downtown New York. How might just as well look up Martians in the classified section of the phone book? There's one other lead which might help you. What's that? They would be almost certain to subscribe to every conceivable type of newspaper, scientific journal, and foreign language publication. Now, that might be something. Okay, Mr. Grafius, it's a deal. Excellent. I shall contact you tomorrow. Boss, here's an address takes everything from Pick Magazine to the Manchester Guardian. Here, listen to this here. Pick, look, Scientific America, the Daily News, uh, Daily Worker, the Police Gazette. Journal of Engineering, a Scientific Quarterly, American Psychiatric Journal. Let me see that. Yeah. Oh, Doolin, Doolin. Sometimes I wonder. What is the address on this? Well, it's uh, 9 West 124th Street. Which happens to be the Harlem branch of the New York Public Library. Oh. Now, listen, Noodle Brain, what we're looking for is a private house. Oh, boss, what is the sense of all this? You know there ain't no Martian embassy in New York. This crackpot is paying us a hundred dollars a day, and we gotta keep him happy. Do you understand? Yes. Also, I have a hunch that Mr. Grafius is not looking for any Martian embassies. He is looking for something quite different. So we are going to find it for him. <laughs> Which house is it, Dulu? It's right down there, number 108. 
Nobody comes out, nobody goes in. I asked around. You haven't been blabbing around the neighborhood that we're looking for the Martian embassy, have you? <laughs> Boss, I'm stupid, but I ain't that stupid. Who'd you talk to? I struck up what you might call a casual acquaintanceship with those two girls standing with the baby carriages up the street. That cute one is real cute. Uh, look, Doolin, don't try to do anything intelligent, all right? Just keep walking up and down, see? Check. Hmm. I'm going back to the office to meet Grappia. I'll see you later, boss. Hiya, beautiful. Hiya. Flatfoot. <laughs> Name is Dolan, honey. Iron Man Dolan. Your line is getting rusty, Iron Man. <laughs> so help me, honey. If I'm feeding you a line, may the heavens open up and strike me dead. Hey, what's that? Look out! I'm sorry to have kept you waiting, Mr. Grant. Yes, thank you. But I've had Doolin uh, casing our first lead for a week now. It's a house down in Greenwich Village, privately rented, number 108 Conklin Street. Nobody seems to know anything about who lives there, except that they subscribe to every paper and scientific journal put out. Also, there's a radio antenna on the roof. Oh, you don't suppose your Mr. Doolin will try to get inside the house? If uh, this place is the Martian Embassy... Oh, no, don't worry. Doolin can take care of himself. He... I'll stop him now. Excuse me. Hello. Yeah, speaking. Doolin? Yeah, he works for me. What? No. No, I can't think of that. Yeah, sure. Okay, I'll... I'll be right down. Okay, Lieutenant, yeah. Yeah, right away. Something the matter? Doolin is dead, Mr. Gratius. All right, come on, we get a cab. I have to identify the body. Now, Lieutenant... I'm Broderick. Oh, uh, uh, there's your boy, Broderick. Anybody see it? A maid pushing a baby carriage. We can't seem to get any sense out of her. You mind if I talk to her? Uh, Hanson, this guy wants to ask the girl a few questions. Please. I told you what I saw. How many times I got to tell you? Look, miss, the dead man was a personal friend of mine. Would you tell me what happened? Helen and I were standing in front of Rackman's candy store up on the corner. We both had the babies out. He said hello and joked a little. Then, and... What happened? It's too awful. No, please. Well, first he squashed. And then the stone fell on him. Did you repeat that? They don't believe me. But Helen saw it, too. Saw what? First he squashed and then it fell on him. He was mashed flat before it even hit him. Now, look, that's the story, Broderick. Please, let me alone. Let me go home. I told you what I saw. Now, let me alone. Let me alone. Did you learn anything, Mr. Broderick? I don't know. May I ask, what do you intend doing? Well, as soon as the cops clear out and this place quiets down, little Broderick is going to pay a personal call on the Martian embassy. Or whatever number 108 is. at home. Oh, I'm the lady of the house. Oh, well, uh, my name is Broderick. I represent the Manhattan Child Adoption Center. We're soliciting funds and clothing for stranded and unadopted children. Uh, I, I wanted you to come be... inside? Well, we don't usually. Oh, we... nonsense. I'm old enough to be your grandmother. Besides, my son, Lauren, is working at home. 
Your son? Oh, he's the bibliographer. He writes summaries of articles and books from scientific journals and publications for libraries and universities. Oh, I see. Uh, sit down, Mr. Broderick. Let me pour you a cup of tea. Oh, thank you. Well, you know, I'm, uh, I'm not much of a tea drinker, but, uh, Seems to have a, a, a strange taste. Oh, it's my own recipe. Uh-huh. Well, I think that I'd better be running along oh, now. You haven't finished your tea, Mr. Patrick. No, 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 really. I, I feel a little funny. I, I'll call Laurie. No, 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 no. Sorry, I'm leaving. I, I just feel kind of dizzy. I'm sure Lauren would uh, like to hear about the adoption center. I'll call him. No, no, but, oh, no, but I, I must. Besides, you are well. Tea. Lauren. I've got to get out. Lauren. Lauren, hurry. Look out. If you're out of my way. No, no. You must stay. Yes, Mother. You drug my teeth. You let go of my arm. Lauren. Let go. No. Oh. I've got to get out. The front door. Open. Open. What happened? The other one, that Broderick, he was here. I drugged his tea. He got away? He was suspicious. Fool! Idiot! Go after him. Risk another murder on our doorstep. Are you insane? But he suspects. Well, we'll have to take our chances. We'll have to think of some other way. If he goes to the authorities... Oh, they'll laugh at him. How did they find out? I don't know how. But I'm certain someone else sent them. Who? I don't know. I'm afraid to let myself think. It might be. It just might be. Them. Come along, mister. I'm going to give you a break and take you back to the wife and no, kids. No, no, you can't. I'm sick. Sick, is it? What's the matter? I'm drugged. They drugged me. Who drugged you? The number 108, the Martians. Who? The Martians in 108 at Martian Embassy. Well, I've seen them with pink elephants, no. rabbits, and mice, but you're the first one that's got Martians. Oh, it's true, I tell you. Ah, come along. Listen, listen don't. Take me back there. They'll kill me. I, I've got to make you understand. Here, here, I'll help you up the stairs. What? Listen, my name. My name is Broderick. A, a private dick. We'll find uh, out about this. No. Oh. Here, don't try any tricks. Uh, officer, listen. Please. I'll give you any thousand dollars, but please listen. For God's sake, listen, listen. Yes, officer? Oh. Why, Broderick. You know this lush, Granny? Uh, oh, why, that's my son, Broderick. Oh, no, she's Martian. He's in pretty bad shape. You better get him to bed. Oh, dear, and he was doing so well at the Alcoholic Society. He must have gotten off again. Looks like he's ready to pass out. Lauren, Lauren. What is it, Mother? Oh. Broderick. Your brother, Broderick, has been drinking again. No, officer, please. Look out, he... Uh, he's passed out. Oh, I'll take care of him, officer. We've handled this sort of thing before. Can you manage okay? We'll be fine. Thank you. Oh, you've been very kind, officer. Nothing at all, Granny. I know how it is with these alkies. Well, I'll be seeing you. Mr. Broderick is regaining consciousness, mother. What? <laughs> what happened? I can't get up. No. Do not struggle, Mr. Broderick. <laughs> it will be impossible for you to rise from that chair. The pressure from this ray will keep you there. Ray? Who? Who are you? Well, you've already guessed, Mr. Broderick. 
You mean this really is the Martian embassy? Yes. Yes, you have the honor to be the first prisoner of the Imperial Government of Mars. First prisoner? Yes. After the invasion, of course, you will all be our prisoners. What what sort of nonsense is this? No nonsense, Mr. Broderick. As your people will soon find out. Our preparations for invasion are nearly completed now. As soon as we give this signal, our armed forces will launch a surprise attack. And then the Earth will be ours. Crazy. Or not half as mad as you, Mr. Broderick, to come muddling so foolishly into our affairs. It was a mistake, Mr. Broderick. A fatal mistake. So Doolan's death was no accident, then, huh? <laughs> oh, Assuredly not. We found it necessary to use a pressure ray on your friend. The block of concrete was an afterthought. We thought it, it might help to divert suspicion. All right. So what happens now? If you cooperate, you can look forward to a quick, painless death. Like your friend, Mr. Doolan. If not... Well, this pressure ray has many delicate adjustments. It can move a pin, or it can crush a boulder. Let me demonstrate. You see, Mr. Broderick, as if an invisible vice were crushing you. What do you want? The name of your client. We are interested in knowing who is so anxious to locate the Martian embassy. The names of my clients are confidential. Oh! Oh! Well? All right, I... All right! Turn it off, Mother. Mr. Broderick has seen the wisdom of speech. His name is Graphius. Graphius? Yes. An unusual name for an Earthman. Describe him. Well, I, I, I don't think I really can. I, oh, describe him. Oh. He's tall. The big forehead. About 60. Where's... Glasses. He's bald. Lauren, it sounds like one of them. Yes. Yes, it does. Contact the planet. Tell them we suspect that our plans are known. Ask for an acceleration of the invasion day. At once. What about me? Oh, oh I am sorry, Mr. Broderick. But I'm afraid you'll know too much now. In exactly five seconds, you'll feel the full impact of the ray which faces you... I would suggest that you relax and meet your fate calmly. What? Oh, no, 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 wait a minute. You will feel no pain, just a wall of force crushing you. Yes, but listen. Why? But you, you can't do this. Four. It isn't human. Yes, I know we're not human. Three. Yes, but do you understand? No. One. Mother in heaven. Now. Come. Right. It, it didn't work. Something has happened. The magnetic field is dead. Stand back from the pressure rate. Uh, it will not function anyway. I've decontrolled your field. Lauren! Lauren is one of them! They found us! Did you think we wouldn't? You are free to move now, Mr. Brown. Look, I don't know how you got in here, Gravius, but stick around. These babies are really Martians, just like you said. They're planning to invade the Earth and take over. There will be no invasion. All right, you keep these characters covered. I'll get the police. There will be no need for the police. I intend to handle them myself. But, Crafius, the police will want Do to... not call the police. I don't get it. You fool of an earthling. Don't you realize with whom you are dealing? The invasion of Earth by Mars will be like child's play compared with... <laughs> I just flattened out. And, like your friend, Mr. Doolan. Oh, I detest the use of violence where the intellect can rule. But unfortunately, the Martians are a threat to us and must be destroyed so that we can proceed with our own plans. 
What plans? Naturally, you wouldn't comprehend. Wait a minute. There are some things here that I do understand. A second ago, that pressure ray didn't work. Now you're using it like it was a toy. How did you get in here, anyway? Who are you? Another one of these Martians? No, Mr. Broderick. I happen to be a Venusian. A what? A representative of the planet of Venus. You're crazy. Not at all. Martian invasion would be like child's play compared to ours. The Martians would simply have conquered and enslaved your people. We Venusians intend to exterminate you completely. Then I suppose that you are going to start by knocking me off. On the huh? contrary, you are free to leave any time you please. Leave? Yes. Are you kidding? I... I know your plans, the invasion. I can go... Hell, the police. <laughs> go ahead. Well, why don't you try it, brother? Because the minute I turn my back, you're going to let me have it. Suppose you try it and see. I have no interest in stopping you. Go ahead. Run to the police. Tell them anything you like. All right, Buster, you ask for this. Why? You let me go. Yeah, yeah. Where do you think you're running to? Officer, listen to me. Oh, it's you again. No one with the mark. Listen, listen, that story is true. You've got to believe me. You've absolutely got to believe me. They're inside that house. Inside number 108. He killed them. Who killed them? Gothius, the leader of the Venusian invasion. Venusian invasion. Look, they're going to take over the earth. Listen to me. Go in that house. Martians, now Venusians. Okay, brother, I've heard enough. You... Your batty is a bed bug. Come along. Please, where are you taking me? Bellevue Psychiatric Ward, my friend. Come on. No, but you... Come along. You don't understand. Why are you such a fool? Let go of me. There's going to be an invasion. The Venusians are going to invade us. Why don't you listen to me? Why don't you listen? You have just heard X-1 presented by the National Broadcasting Company in cooperation with Street and Smith, publishers of astounding science fiction. Tonight, by transcription... X-1 has brought you The Embassy by Donald A. Wolheim, adapted for radio by George Lefferts. Featured in the cast were John Larkin, Teo Getz, Bill Zuckert, Audrey Blum, Virginia Payne, Clark Gordon, Jack Orison, and Reese Taylor. Your announcer, Fred Collins. X-1 was directed by Dan Sutter and is an NBC Radio Network production. From the far horizons of the unknown come tales of new dimensions in time and space. These are stories of the future, adventures in which you'll live in a million could-be years on a thousand would-be worlds. The National Broadcasting Company presents X, 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 minus, 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 Tonight's story, The Man in the Moon. Attention, attention. This is the Federal Bureau of Missing Persons calling all local agencies. Attention, this is a coded report nationwide. Missing since 9 o'clock this morning, the following persons. Smigley, Jonathan, 5 feet 8 inches tall, brown hair, brown eyes, mastoid scar behind right ear, last seen wearing blue top coat and tan cap, wanted by Los Angeles... Hello, get off this wavelength, this is a restricted band. Hello, Hello, Earth. Uh, whoever you are, you're on a coded Hello, wavelength. Earth. Tune out. This frequency is reserved Hello. for the Federal Bureau of Missing Persons. Hello, Earth. This is the moon calling Earth. Hello, Earth. This guy's loony. Uh, this 
Jake and transmission. Jake, this is Charlie of the code room. Some crackpot is on our frequency. Yeah, I heard him, Charlie. I've got DQ trying to trace the source now. We should have a triangulation any second. Well, hurry it up, will you? Some ham is in for a good stiff fine by the FCC. Yeah, I ought to take his license away. Oh, here comes Lenny with a directional fix. Right. Thanks, Lenny. Hey. Hey, what's this? This is impossible. What's going on down there? How about it? Get that ham out of my killer cycle. Oh, listen, Charlie, unless this is a gag, that interference is being beamed from 240,000 miles away. Oh, now, Jake, you know there ain't no such thing as 240,000 miles away. Yes, there is, Charlie, straight up. Oh, now, wait a minute. Charlie, that signal is coming from the moon. Are you nuts? Well, somebody might be bouncing it, like a radar signal. Radar? On this frequency? Where'd you study basic radio? Now, listen, Flathead, you asked for a fix. I gave the best fix our instruments can find. Take it or leave it. Somebody on the moon is calling the Bureau of Missing Persons. What's the sweat, Charlie? Shouldn't you be broadcasting? Listen, Mr. Kenton. You know I'm a sober citizen, right? Mm-hmm. Never once have I broadcast with the smell of alcohol on my breath, right? Right. In all your 12 years here at the Bureau, did I well, once ever... What's the matter, Charlie? We're picking up a message on our wavelength. Well, did you report to the FCC? I ain't got the nerve. So what's wrong? Just scream when you hear this, Mr. Timken. You'll jump right out the window, but... We are getting an SOS from the moon. <laughs> Well, that's it. He started on voice to switch to Morse. The way the signal repeats sounds like phonograph record or automatic sender of some sort. Well, what's it say? Uh, let's see here. Can you read me? Help Otterburn. Will contact when moon is in phase. Let's have that again. Can you read me? Help Otterburn. Will contact when moon is in phase. Otterburn. That sounds like a name, huh? Otterburn. Otterburn. Wait a minute, man. Something registered? Cornelius Otterburn. Holy jumping Jehoshaphat. Hey, where are you going? Talk to the chief. Hey, wait a minute. What are you going to tell him? We just got to seek you from the man in the moon? That's exactly what I am going to tell him, Charlie. Hey. Oh, no. This got too much for me. <laughs> Washington Star Ledger. Uh, let me have O'Brien on city desk. Hello, O'Brien? Seamus. Yeah. Charlie Starbuck, down at the missing person's door. You want a hot one? No kidding. This will cost you a beer, okay? All right, shoot, noodle brain. I'll stay on your wavelength for 30 seconds. Okay. We just got a radio message from the moon. Yep. What? From the moon. Call me back when you're sober. Okay, Seamus. If you don't know a story when you see one, I'll... I'll send you the name of a good psychiatrist. So long, Austin Wells. How do you like that? You don't believe me. Otterburn, Mr. Wade. Now, does that mean ring a bell? You're the man with the photographic memory, Henry. What about Otterburn? Cornelius Otterburn, a comic physicist, reported missing from his home in Baltimore on June 5th, 1945, just five years ago. Vanished completely. Are you trying to tell me you really think there's something to this man of the moon business? Henry, I'm surprised at you. This is some crackpot trying to jam the airway. But the name Otterburn is so unusual. There are a lot of names. But I have a theory that... I was afraid of that. Henry, you always have a theory. Let's see, what was it last year? Oh, yes. That people disappear in occupational sites. It's true. Please, Henry, I'm a busy man. Expect me to believe that this Otterburn is sitting up on the moon, sending out shortwave messages? He might be on Earth, bouncing the messages off the moon. But who's to say he isn't on the moon? Henry, as chief of this bureau, I have my hands full trying to coordinate reports in 48 states in Alaska. I have no time to include the moon. But, Mr. Wade... Out, Henry. But, Mr. Wade... Out, I'm busy. Yes. Oh, here. Take this folder of reports for the dead file. Yes. And no more nonsense, eh, Henry? Yes. I appreciate that you have a very dull job filing old missing persons reports, and I appreciate that you take an active interest in affairs of the bureau. But no more nonsense, huh? No, no more nonsense. Uh, pardon me. Hmm? You are Mr. Henry Timken. <laughs> That's my name. Let me, Jefferson Filer, scientific feature writer. Oh, how do you do? Oh, are you a newspaper man? Not exactly. I write as a hobby. Occasionally, the papers give me leave on an assignment. If I may have a moment of your time. Well, certainly. Just sit down at my desk over here. Thank you. <laughs> My, that's quite a stack of papers. Filing. Uh, I'm the records custodian of the Bureau of 12 years and never misplaced the records. Magnificent. I admire the precise mind, Mr. Uh, Timken. Of course. Now, Mr. Timken, 
And Mr. O'Brien, the editor of the Scarlet, just said I might drop by and investigate a rumor. Only a rumor, mind you. But a message from the, uh, moon. Well, we aren't certain it's from the moon. It may be a bounce. They have bounced radar waves off the moon, you know. Yes, and I know. I wrote the first newspaper article on it. Really? I'd be interested to read it. I must have a copy of my book. Well, I don't bother. I just... Oh, I insist. Oh, yeah. There you are. I'll leave it on your desk. Oh, thank you very much. Now, about this message from the moon, Mr. Simpson. Now, we don't know for sure, as I said. But I believe that this message, wherever it originates, is from Cornelius Otterburn. The physicist? Who oh, do you know him? I once wrote an article on his contribution to the nuclear mechanics. A brilliant man, Otterburn. Years ahead of his contemporaries. Mm. Well, whoever is sending those signals, if he isn't on the moon, is at least using the moon as a sounding board, bouncing the signal. Why, Mr. Simpson? Why? Well, if you will come here tomorrow night at 8, Mr. Philo, we may learn the answer to that question. Uh, I've arranged with Charlie, our radio man, to let me use the equipment. May I consider this an invitation? Yes, certainly may. Very well, sir. <coughs> Until tomorrow night, then. Uh, uh, goodbye, Mr. Philo. Hmm. Let's see now. Aiken, Abelard, Abramson, Rano, Hatcher. That's funny. Now, where did this list of names come from? Paul Ahrens, astro-mathematician, Robert Simons, electronic engineer, Carl Parker, mining specialist. Well, this must have gotten mixed up with the papers on my desk by accident. The Julia list of names. Oh, good morning, Charlie. Hello, uh, we made the papers. How? And how? And as the chief steamed up about it, he really gave me what for it. What did the paper say? Oh, mostly ha-ha. Here's the Herald. Listen. Man on the moon contacts missing persons bureau. Missing atomic scientists sitting on the moon, say bureau experts, etc., etc. What happens? Well, no wonder Mr. Wade is hopping. Say, about tonight, Miss Timpson, I don't now, know. Now, you promised you would give me a key to the radio room. Yeah, but I didn't expect it. Well, I'll take full responsibility Uh-oh. with Mr. Wade. Oh, it's the time for the morning broadcast. we got quite a list today. Well, mind if I listen a while? We may hear Audubon. Well, I'm self-conscious. Just stick around. Yeah. <clears throat> Attention. Attention. This is the Federal Missing Persons Bureau calling all local agencies. Nationwide. This is a coded broadcast. The following persons are missing... Aaron, Dr. Paul, what? five feet five, brown hair, brown eyes, scar on left side of chin, thick glasses. Aaron. Occupation, astro-mathematician. Missing what? since six o'clock this morning. What? Being sought by Bel Air Police. To repeat, Dr. Paul Aaron. Hold on a second. Hold it. A delay, one minute. Listen, Mr. Timkin, it's okay to say, but you can't interrupt. Well, this is important. Did you say Dr. Aaron was reported missing this morning? Six a.m. We got the report from Del Air less than an hour ago. That are you certain, Charlie? Positive. What is this? Charlie, what's the next name on the list? Uh, let's see. Simons, Robert, engineer. What? Came in less than 20 minutes ago. What? See, what's the matter with you? You look like you've seen a ghost. Nothing, Charlie, except that last night, quite by accident, someone left a list of names on my desk. And that list included the names of those two men who were reported missing within the last hour. What? Oh, that don't sound right to me. Well, it isn't right, Charlie. It seems a big question to be answered. Who would make up a list of missing persons before they were missing, not after? And you say this list of names was left on your desk accidentally? Oh, I believe so, Mr. Wade. Do you have any ideas, Henry? Well, it's hard to say. Mr. Philo left some papers from his briefcase. Mr. Philo? Uh, a science feature writer. I see. You were the leaked on that story, then. Well, yes, sir, I'm afraid I was. I didn't think it would be treated as a laughing matter. Right, we'll deal with that later. Yes, sir. What's this sound like? Well, he's a strange old duck, bald, big glasses, tall. He walks to Dover. Uh, seems to know a great deal about scientific data, but, of course, being a science writer, he... Is there any other possibility? Well, I believe that this is all hooked up with the broadcast from Otterburn. That seems to be a very remote possibility. Well, <clears throat> A missing person's bureau deals in remote possibilities, Mr. Wade. I do not require a statement of policy. Yes, sir. What's the theory? For some time now, it has been my contention that in a country like ours, where even the cleverest criminal can be ferreted out and located eventually, there is no such thing as a missing person. <sighs> I was afraid of that. Now, for 12 years now, I have kept the central files, where information from all over the country is channeled and recorded. 
I have made a private study. This is beginning to sound familiar. And I have discovered that each year literally thousands of persons vanish, leaving no trace. They are never located. Where do they go? Nobody knows. And? And they disappear in interesting cycles. What sort of cycles? Occupations, for example. One year we'll have a run on, well, say, coal miners. Next year the proportion of engineers increases. And then scientists. What do you think happens, Henry? I don't know, Mr. Wade, but I'm beginning to suspect that somebody else has discovered the same phenomenon, even to the point, perhaps, of being able to predict who will turn up among the missing next. Philo? Oh, I don't know. But I would like to find out. And you think Otterburn may be a part of this picture? Mr. Wade, I definitely do. Henry, do you honestly expect me to buy an idea like well, that? This is more than an idea. There's the two top men on this list are missing, and... Maybe so, but the rest of them aren't. Parker, Watson, Gibbs. Why, I saw Parker in the restaurant where I had lunch today. Yes, but... And if you think I'm going to make myself a laughing stock by accepting such a cracked brain theory... Well, I... Excuse me. Yes. Hello, Wade speaking. Yes. Yes. I see. Uh, what then? Uh, just a moment. Uh, Henry, let me see that list. Uh, here you are. Go ahead. I see. I'll get back to you. I uh, guess I owe you an apology, Henry. Sir? Carl Parker was just reported missing. What? Third man on the list. Holy mackerel. Exactly. Henry... For a good many years now, I've ridiculed these theories of yours. I don't know. Perhaps I've underestimated you. Maybe this time you've really stumbled onto something. What do you intend to do, Mr. Wade? I don't know. I haven't thought it out yet. I, I was planning to listen for another broadcast tonight in the hope that Otterburn might try to contact us again. Good idea. I believe I'll join you. I also invited Mr. Philo, the feature writer. Oh? I'll be glad to meet him. I'm beginning to get interested in you, Mr. Philo. Mr. Wade, you don't think... That he's mixed up in this? Yes. I don't know, Henry. But it suddenly strikes me that we don't know very much about him, really. Well, perhaps we ought to contact the police. No, Henry. Uh, I no. think we're better off keeping this between ourselves for the moment. We're dealing with the unknown. And in solving an equation for the X factor, it's often easier to limit the number of terms. you follow me? Well, I don't know, Mr. Wade. I... There may be more danger in what you have discovered than you are aware of. Let's keep it quiet. Do you agree? Maybe you're right, Mr. Wade. I, I haven't thought of the danger involved. If anybody's sending, we ought to pick it up with this equipment. You'd better switch on the set. Yes. I never realized how eerie this office could be when it was empty. I'll let the light in the hall for Mr. Potter when he comes. Are you getting anything? Just some foreign stuff, I think. Like something. See if I can work the selection. The moon is in phase. Yes. Hello. Uh, can you hear me? Ah, I'll try to return. Hello? 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 Uh, uh, hello, do you hear me? Oh, I get you now. Thank God. Uh, who are you? Can you hear me? Uh, who are you? This is Professor Cornelius Otterburn. Hello? Uh, go on, I hear you. Not much time. They're on to me. They've located my sending point. Do you hear me? Uh, go ahead, keep talking. I've only enough oxygen for a few minutes more. Well, where are you? I'm on the Earth side of the moon. You get that? The Earth side of the moon. A volcanic crater. Could you start that recorder, Mr. Wade? Uh, go on. Explain, please. Explain, please. There is an Earth, Earth colony on the moon. There is an Earth colony on the far side of the moon. Made up of renegade scientists and criminals. Professor Ernst Hoffman. He died in an insane asylum in 1938. Professor Ernst Hoffman discovered nuclear rocket power in 1935. Turned his plans over to escape inmates of the asylum. Then they took off and set up a colony on the far side of the moon in 1938. Go, go ahead, we're recording you. Each year, 
They recruit new colonists from Earth
Clean up this thing. Come on. How, how did you ever find this place, Mr. Wade? I've always liked seclusion. I bought it about 12 years ago. Come up here in the summertime to get away from it all. There's the silo. Uh, it's certainly well hidden. There's a small door around the side. Come on. The capital very pushing. Oh, yes. It's hard to see in the back. Do you suppose Philo will find it? I assure you, Henry, Mr. Philo will never find us here. Not in a million years. Here's the door. It's dark. Oh, my arm. I know the way. Just a few steps up. And another door. Steel. So this is an unusual silo. Double walled, wood outside, and steel inside. Completely fireproof. An army couldn't break it. We're inside the inner shell. Careful. Yes. We're in a circular room. Stay here a moment. I'll go outside and keep the coast is clear. In a moment, your eyes will become accustomed to the darkness. I'll bring back some food and water. Oh, don't be long, Mr. Wade. I... This place gives me the willies. Just a moment. Mr. Wade. What's that? There is something. Good Lord. There's someone in here. It's locked. Oh, no. Mr. Wade. Mr. Wade, let me out. I'm not alone in here. Mr. Wade. This must be a light switch. My God. one series of repaired all-time radio episodes. Our first repaired audio episode was The Embassy. I love how the first guy who discusses the fact that aliens exist and that there is an embassy for them is thinking, you what, mate? Yeah, as if, yeah, nah, you're nuts, mate. 
to only then have his pal crushed by an unseen force, which is really, really freaky, especially the way that the lady onlooker stated, crushed first, then the object came after. Visually, that would be so freaky. A clear vision of that person's death. Not obscured by impact or an object is pretty terrifying. And the second episode titled The Man in the Moon is just awful. Tricked, trapped, and uncovering the truth of the whole invasion at the last minute with that major, major betrayal. Goodness, a true reality check on how this could have turned out. The good guys don't always win, mates. They most certainly do not always win. That's why I like X-1. They usually have extremely realistic, authentic outcomes to scenarios that asks the audience, what if you got sent to the moon by aliens, trapped in a confined space with also brain-warped people? What if you were crushed by an unseen force? How would that look visually? Leveraging off your imagination. Scary stuff, mates. Now, I want to thank the legendary superstars, my own night tea titan, Matto Star, who was always lovely enough to send me an email to catch up and let me know what his awesome self is doing. I genuinely enjoy reading your emails, Matto, and I can't wait to sink my teeth into it properly this coming weekend. The past week has been a whirlwind, but as always, I'll land on my feet. Thanks to peeps like you. Cheers, you legend, for your epic support. I am lucky to know you, mate. And with your support, I've been able to access Neutron 4, a mastering tool that will help the audio to sound even more crisper. It's going to crackle and pop in a good way. <laughs> Thank you, my pal. You are a legend. And my awesome white tea warlord, the stellar star Starstarter Stargazing Strider. Oof, there is Les who caress. Cheers, you legend, for your undying support. A blessing on you and your family, you superstar, for your kindness and your friendship. Cheers, mate, for being awesome and supporting the show as long as you have. I've been able to also use your support to fund Neutron 4, plus some other plugins, and also showcase this podcast to other channels, thanks to your donation. Cheers, mate. My pal. You two are a legend. And to the peeps that put that bounce and trounce in my little old step, I'm lucky to have... Chad Warren. Just Heather. Sunshine Days. Juice Box Andy. Peter Raffaele. Michelangelo Yacone. Divided by Zero. Leah Fassig, Alia Arcane, and Paige Kramer. Thank you all for being spectacular. If you want extra goodies, your stories to be prioritized and narrated, and support a show that just wants to share stories with the world, you can support me by visiting www.patreon.com forward slash sfgt. And you can be just as lovely as this lot. Now pour your tea, make it nice. Ensure your flavoring is precise, like a story, let it flow, let the fables and tales take you home. It's these stories that bring us together, and old audio that reminds us of how we've changed. Stay a while, have a listen, and as always, I hope to see you again.